As I start today, it's going to be a little bit of an unusual statement. Not that I never make unusual statements, but this is a little bit of an unusual statement because I want to talk to you about something that I have observed and, to be honest, I've been concerned about. And it has to do with some of the structures in our community and in other communities because I'm going to say this, that when I was... child and a young person, which was about a hundred years ago. Now be careful, y'all be nice to me, okay? But uh, I remember in the 40s and the 50s, uh, the places where we lived as a family, the neighborhoods in which we lived, um, you know, the 40s and the 50s. Some of you remember those days. And I would say that every house that I remember had a front porch. Big front porch. Sometimes wraparound porch. Chairs and swings on the front porch. Now, I, you know, with my family, I think we lived in four or five different places when I was a child and an early teenager, and all of them had front porches. And the house across the street and the house next door and the two houses across the street, everything had a front porch. Do you see any front porches today? Guess what you see today, although you don't see them. We have back decks And most of those back decks have a six-foot privacy fence. Now, why am I saying this today? Because I am going to talk to you about a godly process of hospitality. And I think we have lost a great deal of that in recent years and instead of a front porch where neighbors gather or you're walking down the street and you wave at your next door neighbors or maybe even somebody down the street and you see them fairly often from your front porch to them walking or maybe they would even come up on your front porch and sit and have a a cup of coffee or at least a visit for a few minutes do you do that anymore I hope you do somehow. But it's really hard to get to those back decks with the privacy fence all around them. And I'm afraid that we have lost something that is very, very valuable. And I believe, and I'm, I'm saying to you, that hospitality, the gathering of people, the welcoming of people, that that is a part of God's plan. In fact, I will tell you that, as far as I'm concerned, the definition of hospitality is a God-given gift, ability, strength, willingness to offer a warm, welcoming spirit to others in your home, in your office, in your church, Uh, on your front porch or in your back deck or in your yard or anywhere else, you can offer a warm, welcoming spirit for others in your neighborhood or from your church family. 
we are supposed to be hospitable. There are scriptures. You know what's in the 12th chapter of Romans? It says, be devoted to one another. Honor one another even more than yourself. And always take care of the people of God's family. And take care of those people in need. And then it says right at the end of that verse in Romans 12, it says, practice what? Hospitality. Practice this warm willingness to invite others into your family, into your realm. Now, I'm going to talk to myself as I usually do. I'm going to talk to you. But I don't think we do as much of that as we need to. Mickey's better at it than I am. And I'm thankful for that. But we sometimes don't even know our neighbors. Now, I'm really thankful and I want you to pray for Justin and Mickey and Jason. This is a fine young couple that lives right next door to us in our new townhouse over on the other side of Mount Trashmore. And we're already getting to know them because I am convicted. And I want to use that word by design. I'm convicted through the Lord and through what I know to be right and best that I already am being hospitable to Justin and Mickey. Now, her name is Mickey, just like my Mickey is Mickey. Uh, so that helps us all out with names a little bit. And then a beautiful little seven-year-old guy named Jason. And I'm thrilled that we have those as our neighbors because we want to get to know them. Now, there's a passage of Scripture in Hebrews, 13th chapter. I hope you know it. It's right toward the end of the book. But it says, be sure that you welcome strangers. Ooh. Welcome strangers into your homes because some have done that and they have entertained what? Angels. <laughs> How do you feel about welcoming strangers into your home? Hmm. That's right. And part of that is our society. I understand. And I want us to be protective, yes. But I know who is the great protector. But now I'm going to share a little bit of a personal testimony related to all this because I have struggled with this in the past. Now, I'm pretty good at it right now, but not great. But in the past... I really was an isolationist. Now, that's hard for me to say. I've told you that I suffered from a lot of insecurity in the first half of my life. And I will tell you, because some of you know this, I was on the staff at Thalen Baptist Church. I was the minister of education, worked there for three years with Junie Foster. And I've been told by some people that I did a very good job. And I'm thankful for that because I worked really hard at it. However, I would work and I'd work and I'd do and I'd be a part of our church. And that was a large, large church back then. It's not as large now, but I'm thankful for Thay Lynn. I'm thankful for Kings Grand. But I worked really hard at Thay Lynn. And I work really hard here. 
But back then, when I got through working, you know where I went? I went inside of my house and closed the door. And I did not want anybody calling me. Back then, we didn't text, but calling me. Or I did not want anybody knocking on the door because I was an isolationist because I had already done my duty and now I was going to go in the house and I was just going to hide. Do any of y'all do that? I hope I'm stepping on somebody's toes because I was wrong. Now, the Lord convicted me and changed me because in 1973, at the end of my time at Thay Lynn Baptist Church, he led me and Mickey to invite eight college students into my house. Now, when he wanted to change me, he grabbed me by the collar and shook me good. Because we worked that summer with the summer missions program through the Norfolk Baptist Association. And we had eight college girls. We had two little daughters. So I was surrounded by females. And that whole experience, we lived for two months with those eight people. We had a little townhouse down close to Green Run. It had a small living room, a kitchen, a back den, and half bath downstairs. It had three bedrooms upstairs. We made the big bedroom into a four-person unit for those four of those girls and we made our little small living room into a four-person bedroom and we lived there for eight weeks and it was absolutely life-changing for me and then is when we left and I went back to Texas to work on my PhD and we moved into a little house in Fort Worth Texas and fortunately we had good relationships with a lot of single people from the seminary, and we also had some good friends that went to Baylor University, which was 90 miles away. And we lived in Fort Worth, and we started inviting them to our house. And they started living with us, and they started sleeping at our house. And we gave out lots of keys to our front door. Serious. We just started handing out keys to our front door. And... Some of those Baylor students particularly because they lived in Waco, 90 miles away. And they would come to Dallas-Fort Worth for concerts and conferences and, and Christian conventions and so forth. And there were several times during that two or three year, year period of time where we would wake up on a Friday or a Saturday morning, maybe a Sunday morning, and walk into our living room and there was five or six people asleep on the floor in our living room. They had keys, and they would come up, and they would let themselves in. Now, sometimes, almost always, we knew some of those young adults, but some of them were strangers. Remember that scripture from Hebrews? It says, sometimes you might be entertaining angels. Well, there were some angels in that experience. And it changed my life. And I'll be honest with you, over the last 30 or 40 years, about half of the time, Mickey and I have not lived by ourselves. <laughs> We've had people living with us and sharing community with us. 
being hospitable. Now, I want to tell you or remind you of a story in the Old Testament related to this business of entertaining angels. There's a story in the 18th chapter of Genesis. Abraham and Sarah. You remember, they were really old. Mm-hmm. And Abraham, a leader, uh, a major man, uh, he was resting at the, at the door of his tent. And it was a hot day. And suddenly he looked out and he saw three strangers. He did not know these three people. But I want to remind you of what Abraham did. The scriptures tell us that he got up quickly and hurried. Listen to the words. He hurried to them. And he bowed low to them. He honored them as strangers that had come to his territory. To his tent. And he welcomed them. And he said, let me get water so you can wash your feet. And then I would love for us to sit and get something to eat. I want to serve you. And the strangers looked at him and said, yes, do as you must. And he ran to his wife, Sarah, and he said, get some flour and make some bread. And he went to his servants and he said, get a calf and prepare it. And Abraham brought this meal to these three strangers. Now, who were these three strangers? One of them, we talked about this several weeks ago, was what we call the pre-incarnate Christ. It was knowing Jesus before Christmas. And the other two were his angels attending him. And they came and Abraham welcomed them and served them. And it says as they ate their meal that Abraham, this leader of his people, the people that were around him, he stood by under a tree. Now why is that a significant statement? Because Abraham was taking the model, the role of a servant of somebody that was serving and welcoming and showing hospitality to those people. Now, the end of that story is about what? Sarah having a baby. You remember Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ, said, I'm going to come back a year from now and your wife is going to have a baby. And Sarah heard this and what did she do? She laughed. How ridiculous that is. I'm 90 years old. And my husband is 100 years old. Sounds pretty impossible, right? One year hence, the Lord returned and Isaac was there. Isaac. Please remember that. And part of that was because of the hospitality that was shown to the Lord because he welcomed the Lord into his ter territory. Please think about this. That's not just an interesting story. That is part of the challenge for you and me. We're supposed to be hospitable. 
We're supposed to welcome folks. We're supposed to take the initiative. Remember, Abraham jumped up and ran to them and bowed low to them and initiated the service and the meal and the welcoming of those three into his house. What do you and I do sometimes? We want, oh, I want my door to stay closed. I don't want anybody to call me or text me. I just want to sit back and kick up and watch the ball game or something. I know. Yes, I do it. You do it. We do it. We don't sit on the front porch and welcome people much anymore, but we're supposed to do that. Now, I want to remind you of another quick story that shows hospitality because at the very birth of the church, the day was Pentecost. And you know the story because Peter preached and he shared Jesus Christ with thousands, thousands of people. And we're told, we believe, we know that 3,000 people were saved that day. Well, now, please remember that some of those people were there for the festival of Pentecost. A lot of those people were not even from Jerusalem. Now, they're in Jerusalem, but they're from all of these other countries all across the known world at the time. And now they're staying in Jerusalem. And I believe that that was part of the birth of the church. And in the second chapter of Acts, right at the end of the book, you know that it says that these people were paying attention to the apostles and they were fellowshipping together and they were acting in all sorts of things. And it says that every day they went to the temple courts and they shared their meals in the homes and they ate, they ate with glad and sincere hearts praising God and finding favor with all of the people in Jerusalem. Now I want that to sink in for a moment. Doesn't that sound like hospitality? Doesn't that sound like fellowship? Doesn't that sound like community? Doesn't that sound like the church? Every day. We struggled sometimes to get here on Sunday. And every day they met in the temple courts. And they continually ate in each other's homes. And the scripture says not only did they eat in each other's homes, but they ate with glad and sincere hearts. That means they were celebrating the love of Jesus Christ. And we want to be isolated. We don't want to have a front porch. We want to have a back deck. Now one more thing I want you to think about before I conclude. This is from the third chapter of Revelation. And it says, from Jesus' words himself in the book of Revelation, yes, the the letters are read in the book of Revelation in the second and third chapter. And Jesus said, Here I am standing at the door and knocking. 
And if you will come to the door and answer, I will come in and I will eat with you and you will be with me. Do you know that scripture? It's Revelations 3.20. Now this is Jesus Christ being hospitable, but more than that, he's saying to you and me, that he wants us to be together. He wants to welcome you. And he wants us to welcome him. And we're going to sit and eat together. Well, maybe we're going to eat a meal. But more than that, we're going to eat the, the nurturing of life. The emotional, spiritual nurturing of life. Because of interrelationship with Jesus Christ. He's standing at the door and knocking, asking for mutual hospitality. As we conclude today, I just want to ask you to think about that personally. Open yourself up for, not my words... But open yourself up for his conviction of what he would say to you, what would he, he what he would ask of you as far as being with your neighbors or being with your church family or being with whoever that he might put in your path. Please, right now, I'm going to stop talking for just a moment. This is that time of reflection that we have. And I'm going to ask you to think about yourself and your spirit, your willingness, your initiative for being hospitable in and through God's direction. Please think about that for just a moment.